This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. I'm so glad you decided to join me. You know, and I just realized I'm not wearing my glasses. Hang on a second. Let me throw these on before we get going because I uh, really got to be able to see my screen. All right, so sorry about that, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, This is going to be a fun episode, man. It's going to be a real fun one. So we got a little bit to talk about uh, in the way of spoilers and... uh, 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 talking video games. So, uh, before I get too far into this, I want to let you guys know right off the bat, there may be some spoilery stuff in this episode. I'll throw the spoiler alert up before that actually happens. So, uh, gonna be a fun episode. So, guys, without further ado, let's just jump right into this. All right, this is episode 19 of the Star Wars Canon podcast. Uh, and, uh, in case you guys are new, we do this every week, right here, same place, same time, everything. So, let's talk some Star Wars. Uh, very first thing I want to get into are uh, some of these uh, uh, images that have leaked from Star Wars Episode Nine, And uh, like I said, before we get into this, I am going... Uh, I see you, John Tolly nerd. Okay, yeah, I know the glasses, right? Uh, we got to throw up the spoiler alert if we're going to be doing oh, this. Oh, you so fucking hang on a second We here. got ourselves a fucking spider. And you've been officially warned. So everything from here on out is going to be spoiler territory. I'm going to consider it spoilers. So here we go. Uh, the other day... Apparently, we've got some leaked images from uh, episode 9. I don't want to say leaked images. Uh, I guess leaked concept art, I guess you could say. Uh, and, and a lot of these images uh, actually look pretty cool, you know? So uh, I kind of want to go through the list and talk about each one of them. And, and it's some of them are kind of hard to see what they are uh, on the screen right now. But we're going to go through each one. I'll kind of give my thoughts on them. The first one uh, that's labeled A, it simply says it's a new alien concept. It's cool. Looks like a Star Wars alien. The second one uh, is a new droid that's supposed to be annoying BB-8. I think he's supposed to be going by the name Do. If I if I know if I if I read that right, uh, looks like a droid on wheels. You know, it looks like something that BB-8 would probably hate. Uh, letter C though is an interesting one because this is supposed to be Richard E. Grant as a First Order officer. Uh, now you know we've talked about Richard E. Grant on this show quite a bit, and and some of the things that some of the theories you know the Thrawn theory got thrown around. You know, my theory of uh, playing the physical ghost of Obi-Wan Kenobi with some CG over his face. You know, but this, you know, if this is real, this leads more towards him being a First Order officer. Which doesn't necessarily mean that he is not Thrawn. You know, just because you don't see his blue skin or red eyes from here, you know, does not mean that he may not be Thrawn. You know, which he may not be. I don't know, but we'll see when we get to uh, when we get to the film. Uh, letter D is supposed to be just a generic resistance soldier. E is supposed to be Dominic uh, Monaghan's character as a resistance officer. Letter F is just simply labeled new alien. G is young Mon Cal, which would be kind of cool to see some more Mon Cal in Star Wars. You know, so far the only ones we've really seen other I mean, the only ones we've seen on film really are Akbar and uh, Radis, right, from Rogue One, but we've seen a couple of them in the background on, you know, episode 8 and, uh, Return of the Jedi, we've seen some more, it'd be nice to see some more. 
Uh, letter H is supposed to be Ray wearing white, which, you know, if you zoom in really close on this image, it looks just like her outfit from episode 7. It's just simply white. It's nothing real special about it. I don't know if this is something from a specific uh, sequence or, you know, something, something along those lines. Uh, letter I is a hooded Kylo Ren. If you look real close, it's just Kylo from episode 8, but with the mask and the hood and the cloak back. That's all it is. Uh, letter J is the repaired helmet. K is what leads me to believe that most of these are real. Because this is an image of Oscar Isaac as what they call Adventure Poe. And this is an image of Poe that... This is, a, this is an outfit on Poe that we've seen in some other leaked set photos from the shoot of Episode 9. Where it's him and uh, John Boyega on some grass planet with these mounts. So it, it, that does tend to make me believe that a lot of these are real. L is a new alien mask. It's unfinished at this point. M is a horned pilot. N is supposed to be a new alien. O is interesting also because this is supposed to be old Lando. Uh, if you look at the image, you know, it's it's they went back to that bright yellow shirt, kind of what we see from Solo, a Star Wars story. It looks a lot. I had to go back and look at images of uh, Lando from Solo to see if this was maybe just a doctored image. But it's not. It's, it's just... It's the classic Lando outfit. It's just yellow, bright yellow, kind of calling back to his days as a as a young man. Uh, but other than that, it's the it's the same style of shirt from Empire, you know. Uh, P is a bunch of new aliens, and they don't have a description for Q, which I'm assuming is just some random generic alien. But uh, I thought those were real interesting. I thought all of them kind of were, and like I said, some of them really do lend to you know to to kind of confirming themselves. The the Poe Dameron outfit like i said is really really it's identical to what we've seen before but uh all the images look like they could be in episode nine we've got a lot of other plot leaks you know that we've kind of seen over the last week or so with episode nine i really don't want to get into all of that but uh all of these things look like they i mean it, it looks like episode nine it looks like the sequel to last jedi so uh I'm, I'm really enjoying the images i i was actually kind of afraid to look at them at first especially considering it gives you that final warning before you actually click show images you know before you see them but i'm glad i looked at them it's it's kind of giving tone of what episode nine may feel like if you know what i mean you know there's there's been a lot of people talking about how episode nine feels a lot like a western you know, and they and they said screw solo. Solo isn't you know it that that's that's a western, but this seems more like a western. Uh, so I'm very very excited about that. But really, that's all there is as far as that's concerned, and that's really the end of the spoiler warning. Really, I kind of wanted to throw those out there. What do you guys think of the images? Do you think they could be legit? Do you think some of them could be doctored? I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts. Let me know in the comment section below. I want to hear what you guys have to say about that. Here's a story that I definitely wanted to talk about because it's right up my alley. This is a lot of, th this goes right along with what this channel is all about. And it's new canon material. And one of the things that we haven't seen a lot of canon material in the form of yet is video games. We know this year we're going to be getting Jedi Fallen Order. It's supposed to be a uh, more of a story-driven game from EA. We don't know anything about this game yet. We don't know anything about this game yet. We're supposed to be getting some uh, information for it later this year. The game is set to come out later this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. But the interesting thing about this game is or about the story. Bob Iger was on a quarterly earnings call the other day, apparently, and had this to say. He was quoted in saying this. 
Uh, we're good at making movies and television shows and theme parks and cruise ships and the like. We've just never managed to demonstrate much skill on the publishing side of games. We're obviously mindful of the size of that business over the years, as you know. We've tried our hand at self-publishing. We've bought companies. We've sold companies. We've bought developers. We've closed developers. And we've found over the years that we haven't been particularly good at the self-publishing side. But we've uh, been, uh, I'm sorry, but we've been great at the licensing side, which obviously doesn't require that much uh, allocation of capital. Since we're allocating capital in other directions, we've just decided that the best place for us to be in that space is licensing and not publishing. We've had good relationships with some of those uh, we're licensing to, notably EA and the relationship on the Star Wars properties, and we're probably going to stay on that side of the business and put our capital elsewhere. So that is the direct quote from Bob Iger. And I got to tell you, my, my thoughts on these quotes, I actually do not like this. I, I don't like what he said about this. I don't like it at all. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Star Wars video games and, 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 and the like once we get into the mailbag section of the question. Uh, one of the questions is, is geared towards that. But I really don't like, I don't like these comments at all. Anybody's good at licensing. All you do is tell somebody else, hey, it's your problem now, you make them. I, that's, that's not putting effort in. That has nothing that that is not putting effort in the biggest one of the biggest mistakes Lucasfilm ever did was shut down LucasArts. I think I got an ambulance going by. Do you all hear that? Uh, one of the biggest mistakes they ever made was shutting down LucasArts. And I've gone back, you know, recently and oh, I do have an ambulance going by. I'm sorry about that, guys. But I've been going back and I found some of my old classics Jedi Academy. I've been playing Jedi Outcast for a while. I figured I'd start up Academy. Been playing Nazi Old Republic again. These were all great games. They were all great, and they were pumping Star Wars games out like crazy. You know what I mean? Back in the day, you just had so many games to choose from, whether it be Starfighter, that Jedi Starfighter, which I have for Xbox, Jedi Outcast, Jedi Academy, Knights of the Old Republic's one and two. Just, I mean, Dark Forces. It's it just, it just the the list goes on and on about all these. And if I mean, if you were into it. The Nintendo sixty four Bombad Racing stuff like that. So I mean, LucasArts was something that was a gem that I feel like. Lucasfilm really just kind of put it under the bed and said, ah, no, no, we're not worried about it anymore. We're, we're going to make the games be somebody else's problem. And I don't like that. I, I, that's one thing I've never really liked about uh, Lucasfilm nowadays. But uh, they've, they've, I feel like they shot themselves in the foot. You know, and, and let me go back to this, this uh, image real quick of his quote. Uh, you know, he, he says, over the years, we've tried our hand at self-publishing. Disney has never tried self-publishing these games. That has never happened. I'm calling you out. That has never happened. Disney is, I mean, we had, what was the one? It was uh, uh, the mobile game, Uprising. That didn't go anywhere at all. You know, I mean, if you're talking about mobile games, then yeah, you know, you that obviously didn't work. But you're not talking about AAA rated console games, PC games, story driven games that really need to weave themselves in and out of the Star Wars universe. You've never tried that. I don't know why Bob Iger's coming out saying, you know, we've never been good at that. You know, and and he says they've had a great relationship with EA. I don't doubt that. But you have to admit, whether you like Battlefront or not, if you do, you still have to admit EA has not been received, or EA, Battlefront has not been received well by the fans. It just hasn't. And, and like I said, we'll talk about that a little more in the mailbag section, but it just has not worked. This is, this is something that I don't feel like they need to license the game out to anybody. They need to bring LucasArts back. That is what they need. That's that's balls to bone. Keep it all under one umbrella. So uh, we're supposed to be getting some information about Jedi Fallen Order later this year. Odds are we may get some 
uh, footage of it. I don't want to say... We'll probably get something at E3, but we may get a trailer for it at Celebration. I don't know. This Celebration is supposed to be ramping up to be a serious one because we have so much coming out just this year between The Mandalorian and Jedi Fallen Order Episode 9. We've got so much stuff that's going to be coming out very, very soon that they need to start putting some trailers out. And Celebration is going to be the perfect spot for it. But uh, as far as Bob Iger's comments go, I'm not a fan of them. Uh, and I just, I, I, like I said, I just wish, I really wish they'd bring uh, LucasArts back. That, that would seriously be the absolute, I mean, LucasArts version of Battlefront. The first two Battlefronts that came out on the original Xbox. I had them on original Xbox anyway. Played the crap out of them. I've still got both of them on the shelf right here. Played the crap out of them. I still play them, you know? So go back to what made Star Wars games great. You know, go back to LucasArts. Go back... They they never I mean hardly ever did they ever drop a game that was just crap and like I said even today I'm still playing Jedi uh, Academy and I and I can't stop so uh, let me know what you guys think I want to hear what you guys have to say about uh, you know Bob Iger's comments and maybe what that means for the future of Star Wars games we're not getting Star Wars thirteen thirteen anytime soon and he said that licensing is really the best way for Disney to go what do you think what would you guys do in Disney's situation? Would you bring it back under one umbrella, make LucasArts, or, you know, would you just license it out to everybody? I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Let me know. So that's going to really do it for the news this week. There's really not a whole lot going on. Uh, hopefully next week we get a little bit more in the way of news, but uh, let's just get into upcoming canon real quick. We'll drop some mailbag questions. And then if you guys are watching live and you want to drop a question, go ahead and drop it in the chat board. Uh, once I get to about the last mailbag question, and we'll just talk some Star Wars for a while. It's Saturday night. What what else is there to do but talk some Star Wars? So, uh, upcoming canon this week, we've got three pieces I wanted to talk about. Obviously, Sunday, tomorrow night, we have got the next episode of Star Wars Resistance. It is season one of, uh, I'm sorry, episode 16 of season one. The episode's called The New Trooper. Uh, we've also got coming out on Wednesday, Marvel's Han Solo Imperial Cadet number four. And Marvel's Age of Republic Count Dooku. So those are a couple of comics I'm really looking forward to. The Age of Republic comics have been seriously great so far. They've been really, really good, and I've and I I mean I haven't disliked one yet. Uh, the Darth Maul was absolutely great. It you know it was a, a sequel kind of I guess you could call it a pseudo sequel to the five issue Darth Maul run we got. The Obi Wan comic was great. Kind of showed his relationship with. Anakin, you know, during the first days of being Master and Apprentice. The Qui-Gon comic was awesome. The Jango Fett one was the best so far, believe it or not. I just picked up my pull file today, so I've got a bunch of comics i got to go through. I've got a couple of Age of Republic in there, uh, I believe. I've got Anakin, and I think there's another one that uh, I've got in there. So, uh, very, very excited to read those. Can't wait to get my hands on them and actually sit down and delve into them. But that's really all there is in upcoming canon so let's just jump right into some mailbag questions i'm not wasting any time this week uh question number one well you know before i get into question number one how do you guys get a question on the star wars canon podcast you email it to me at star wars canon library at gmail.com uh each week i go through and pick a few out and you guys have been sending some damn good questions lately some damn good questions and uh i'm, I'm ready to answer i think i've got five of them picked out before we get into the live questions so Question number one this week comes from Dwayne Glover, and Dwayne says, Hey Brian, I just found your podcast and I love it. Hope to see you get bigger this year. I do appreciate it, Dwayne. I'm hoping so too. 
I, I do appreciate you being a viewer. My question is about Star Wars video games. Here we go. Uh, if EA were to lose their access to the franchise, who would you like to see produce games? And as a follow-up, do you think future Star Wars games will ever be as good as what we had growing up? Keep up the great work, man. Thank you for the question, Dwayne. And this goes right along with what I was just talking about with EA, right? Uh, anybody who's been watching for any amount of time has heard me say that one of the biggest things is they need to bring LucasArts back. That would be the way I would go about it. Uh, get that division put back together. Because that was... A, that was I mean, and we're obviously work with other... Uh, developers like you know Bioware Activision obviously work with them just go back to the glory days that's all you gotta do if you're not going to do that and if EA does lose the license who would I like to see pick it up personally I mean there's a lot of them out there you've got Bethesda which really is pissing people off right now with Fallout 76 but you've got all these other great companies I would go with Naughty Dog personally I would say Naughty Dog They've produced one of the greatest video games, in my personal opinion, that I've ever played. And it was The Last of Us. The Last of Us obviously isn't a Star Wars game. It's a zombie game, I guess you could call it. But it's, it's one of those games that is so cinematic that you... I, I don't know what it was about Last of Us. It, it hit you in the feels. It, it hit you when it needed to. The game was just... It was a masterpiece. Last of Us was absolutely great. I am dying for Last of Us Part 2. And that, like I said, that whole game was very cinematic. Why couldn't you, they do a Star Wars-driven game? Something that was cinematic like that. That slowly takes you through the ups and downs of this epic journey. And this character development. You know what I mean? Because in Last of Us, there was a crap load. And I mean a veritable crap load of character development. From Joel at the beginning. Spoilers if you've never played the game. Uh, from Joel losing his daughter at the beginning to 20 years later being this bitter old man, losing Tess, picking up this girl that he doesn't like in the first place. And then their their relationship as that bloomed and how they became closer to each other and how the game ends. You know, with him saving her life the way he did. And it was that was a game that you sit down and just immerse yourself in. And granted, there was one set path through the game. It wasn't an open world game, which would be awesome for Star Wars. But if you're going to do a game that is canon... You know, you're going to have people say, well, how is an open world game that you can design your own character canon, which is a great question. But if you do something along the lines of what Last of Us was, where this is your character, you go through this journey, you, I mean, go through this set path from this point to this point, beginning to end. That is the way a Star Wars game, I feel, needs to be put together. And I would love to see Naughty Dog take a crack at Star Wars games. Um, and, you know, there's several other developers that, may be able to pull it off like i mentioned bethesda a while ago but personally and and don't lynch me for this do not lynch me for this all right i'm sorry it's just each their own bethesda and like fallout haven't really been one of the producers and one of the developers that i have really grown up with i've really never i tried playing fallout 4 a while back and i just couldn't get into it i don't know what it was but uh, maybe I'm just the odd man out. I don't know. But let me know. Who do you guys think should create Star Wars games if it's not EA? And, you know, we may have this conversation again once Jedi Fallen Order comes out and we see how well that game is received. You know what I mean? So I'm interested for fall or for uh, Fallen Order. I'm sure we'll be getting something at Celebration for it. E3 also uh, very, very excited for it. But thanks for the question, man. I do appreciate it. Question number two this week comes from Randall Sutton. And Randall says, hey, Brian, I have a simple question. Why are you so pro-Disney? Uh, 
I love your content and love hearing your opinions on different topics, but I feel like you could have a larger following if you didn't defend the mouse house so much. Not trying to pick a fight, just stating an observation that I've noticed. All that said, I do love the channel and wish you had more followers. Thanks for the question, Randall. I do appreciate it. And, you know, it's, it's, I guess you could say that's a fair question. That is a fair question. This channel is built around canon material. The, the YouTube channel is built around canon material, so it's very, very pro-Disney. I don't dislike the old EU. I, I, I don't dislike it. There were a lot of good things in the old EU that I really, really did enjoy. And now we're living in this era where we have this new canon, where we're starting, you know, from scratch all over again. And I can see why people are upset. I really can. But make, mo make no mistake, I don't defend Disney that vehemently. There have been times where I've told Disney, this is stupid. Why? This is... Some of the new canon material is just horrible. It's just awful. Anybody who's been listening for a long time knows, Heir to the Jedi, to me, biggest disappointment in a Star Wars book I have ever read in my life. I don't even want it on my canon shelf. It's so bad. Uh, you've got the C-3PO Phantom Limb comic. Just trash. The Lego Star Wars game told that story better than that comic did. You've got the Chewbacca 5 issue run. Crap. Uh, some of the stuff in Legends of Luke Skywalker. Crap. Some of the Canto Bite stuff in, in the novel Canto Bite. Crap. That last story that John Jackson Miller did, The Ride, awesome. But for the most part, that book was crap. Uh, what else was there that really wasn't that great? Last Shot. I read Last Shot and I, I had to push myself through that novel. I had to physically make myself pick it up to read it uh you know and and some of the first few episodes of resistance you know i'm not a fan of those either i i, I don't defend resistance i've gotten to the point where if you like it awesome if not awesome i i'm to be honest i'm more indifferent about resistance than than i am either for it or against it uh so I guess it's fair to say that I am kind of pro-Disney. Personally, I, I didn't mind Last Jedi. I can see why people didn't like it. But I didn't mind it. I did like Force Awakens. I did like Rogue One. Solo was alright. It was It's growing on me the more I watch it. But there have been several pieces of canon material that I just was not for. I, I just wasn't. And... Uh, I don't, it's fair to say I'm, I'm pro Disney, I'm, uh, but I'm, I don't feel like I'm pro Disney. I feel like I'm pro Star Wars. I'm not pro, I, I, that, that's the way I'm going to say it. I'm not necessarily pro Disney. I'm pro Star Wars. And th does that mean I think everything that comes out is great? No, but just because, you know, let's say they come out with a film that I'm not a fan of. I'm not a huge fan of Solo. That doesn't mean I'm going to abandon Star Wars and boycott the next movie just because I didn't like one of them that they made. I still like Star Wars. It's still part of the lore. It's still part of the canon. Novels come out that I don't like. Most Wanted, not, I didn't like it. Pretty much everything that came out around Solo, including Solo, I wasn't a big fan of. And I'm hoping... That everything leading up to episode 9 is great. I'm, I'm praying to God. The Thrawn Treason novel coming out this year. I'm, I'm so stupidly excited for that. But it's Thrawn. Who wouldn't be? I'm excited for Master and Apprentice. That's Claudia Gray. Who wouldn't be excited for a Claudia Gray novel? 
Alphabet Squadron, not so much looking forward to that one. Obviously, I'm going to read it, but I'm not counting down the days until that one comes out. So uh, I guess it's fair to say I'm pro Disney, but I consider myself pro Star Wars. So I hope that kind of answers your question. And, you, and you know, I do catch a lot of slack for it. I do. I've, I've had people comment on videos saying, you know, I said one time how I did mine Last Jedi, how I liked it. And at the beginning, when Last Jedi first came out, I went off the deep end and just absolutely gushed over that movie. But, you know, I've, as I've watched it as time's gone by, it's, it's, it's all right. It's, it's a good Star Wars movie. I think Empire's back at the top for me at this point. But I've had people say, you know, I came to see what your opinion was, saw that you liked Last Jedi, and I just came to write this comment and say, I'm out. Awesome. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. And it's not that I don't want viewers. It's not that I don't love you guys. I love having you guys tune in and watch, you know, and, 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 and interact with me and talk Star Wars. I love talking Star Wars with you guys. But I want it done in a civil manner. I want, I want to talk to people who hear my opinion, whether they agree with it or disagree with it. And will still sit down and, and debate me and just have a conversation, not argue, debate me. And I love it. I love talking Star Wars with you guys. If everybody who watched this channel agreed with everything I said, what is the point of watching the channel? What's the point? What do you have to talk about? If two people have the exact same point of view on something, how do you have a conversation about something? A meaningful conversation, a deep conversation, really getting into the meat and potatoes of what you're talking about. If you both have the same opinion, then it's, oh, I like this part. Oh, yeah, I like that. I like this too. Oh, yeah, I like that too. I like this too. There's nothing to talk about. So I don't necessarily want you guys to agree with me on everything. I want you guys to have different outlooks on stuff and, and, and whatnot. So, and, and I'm not going to just, I've been called a buyout, uh, that a sellout. I've been called a sellout. How, do, how can I sell out when I don't even have a thousand subscribers? How do you sell out at that point? You know what I mean? You're not selling anything. I'm just putting my opinion out there. And if I don't tell you what I like and what I don't like, if I like something and I tell you I like it, Awesome. If I tell you I don't like something and I really, really don't like it, awesome. But if I start telling you that I don't like something that I really do like, how are you going to believe me when something comes out that I, when I say I like it or if I don't like it, you guys aren't going to, it's not going to have the same weight to it. I tell it the way it is. I tell my opinion. That's all. That's what this is for. This is my outlet to just tell my opinion. And I've had people tell me, I don't agree with your opinion. I'm out. All right, cool. That's fine. I would rather have subscribers that respect other people's opinions and are willing to tolerate other people's opinions than somebody who's just balls to the wall. Nope. I'm out. Sorry. So I hope that answers your question. I'm not going to jump on a bandwagon just to get more viewers. I'm not going to do it because it, it goes against everything I believe in and, and, and it goes against everybody, every, everything that I am. So uh, I hope that answers your question, man. And, 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 you know, I, and I don't, I didn't take it as an attack. Uh, I, I didn't take it as you trying to pick a fight. Everybody has different opinions about stuff. And I see how it's easy to come off, how I'm, it's easy for me to come off as pro Disney. Yeah, I, I get it. So, uh, but thank you for sending in the question, brother. I do appreciate it. Uh, question number three this week comes from Vicki Keller. And this is an interesting one. This is a very, very interesting question. Vicki says, hello, Star Wars Canon podcast. My family and I have been listening since before The Last Jedi came out. Love how far you've come. Thank you so much, Vicky. I do appreciate it. Uh, do you think we'll ever get an all-female Star Wars movie? And if so, how do you think it will be received? Personally, I think it would be great and that is that it definitely needs to happen. Thank you for taking my question and may the Force be with you. 
thanks for the question, Vicky. And it's and it's a legitimate question in the day and age we live in. This is a legitimate question. I'm honestly shocked, to be completely honest. I'm honestly shocked at this point that they have not announced an all-female cast Star Wars movie yet. And, and, and odds are it's going to happen at some point. Odds are five, ten years from now, we're going to have a Star Wars movie that is all-female-led. And I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem. Now, it depends on how it's done. A great example, and you guys probably already know where I'm going with this. A great example, Ghostbusters 2016. You know, Chris Stolle and I just ranted about this on Realm of the Mist podcast the other day. Uh, the other day and uh, th this is a great example. You've got these classic Ghostbusters movies that are absolutely phenomenal. Second one is like, it's not as good as the first, but they're, but they're great. And then you reboot it with an all-female cast. Now with Ghostbusters, the problem wasn't an all-female cast. It was just the movie sucked. It had nothing to do with all the women in it. You know, as, as if you guys listen to that podcast, Melissa McCarthy to Chris Dolly is just just not funny. You know, and 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 you know, having a female Slimer, like really, are you serious? And and what whether you want to admit it or not, that Ghostbusters movie was extremely feminist led. They they just tried every way they could to show that this is a female's Ghostbuster, and. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but when you're shoving it down everybody's throats and forcing them to take it, that's when you start pissing people off. All right. Now, they they when they did Ghostbusters, they made a Ghostbusters movie centered around all females. If you do a Star Wars movie with with an all female cast, don't build the story around the women. Build the story and then put the women in the in, into the situation. It does. It, it don't don't do it the other way around. An all female led Star Wars movie. I'm. It's gonna happen at some point. We're we're gonna get one eventually. It, it's you know. And it, how is it gonna be received? Jesus Christ! Look at the day and age we live in now. Look at how Ghostbusters was received. You know. Look at people who complain about Ray being a female. You know, being the female lead. The, like the first three Star Wars movies that the new Lucasfilm under Disney made were all female led. Ray, Jin, Ray. And people had problems with that. I didn't, but people had problems with that. And at some point it's going to happen and people are just going to have to swallow that pill. They're just going to have to. And do I think it needs to happen? Uh, I don't... And I, call me a sexist. I don't care. I don't know if it's actually necessary unless you come up with a Star Wars planet that it's nothing but women. Or do a Night Sisters movie. Do a Night Sisters movie and make it female-led. Make it all female cast. Something along those lines is entirely possible. But, you know, going back to your question, you, you think it'd be great and it definitely needs to happen. I don't see why it's necessary. I don't see why that's... You're just making a statement if you make it a, an all-female cast at this point. At, at this point in this country, in, this, in the world we live in, I, I don't think it'd be received well. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm not saying... I wouldn't receive it well. I'm not saying that you know certain people wouldn't. I just don't think it would do that well. At, at this point, before you start exploring new territory with Star Wars like that, you need to win the base fan base back. You need to win the core fan base back with Episode Nine, because whether you liked Last Jedi or not, you split the fan base with with eight. This is damage control. Nine, whether I want to admit it or not, nine is damage control. You get everybody back on the same page. 
let it coast for a while, then drop something new like that in. But they can make a liar out of me. They could come out with celebration. Hey, we have we're we're shooting a new Star Wars movie, all female led. I guarantee you, people. And sure, there's gonna be a section of fans who are sexists who are gonna say, no, screw that. We don't want that. But for the most part, I just don't think it would do well. You know, I could be wrong. They could come out with one. It could be the greatest Star Wars movie ever. But people don't judge stuff based on its own merit anymore. They always compare it to something else. So do I think it needs to happen? I don't think it needs to happen. But if it does, I really don't know how that's going to go. I don't know how it would go over. And I, but like I said, I'm really surprised Disney hasn't done something like that yet. Or he hasn't announced it yet. Give it a few years. I'm willing to bet it's going to happen. So uh, thanks for the question, Vicky. I do appreciate it. Let me know in the comment section below or in the live chat. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about an all-female uh, Star Wars movie. Do you think it'd work? Do you think it wouldn't work? How well do you think it'd be received? Let me know. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, question number four this week comes from Lee Campbell. And Lee says, I know you talk a lot about how you hope some of the future content captures the feeling of nostalgia from the classic trilogy. Uh, what did you think about, I always have a hard time pronouncing his name, a Taika Waititi's? I think that's how you say his name. I don't know. Comments about The Mandalorian and how it has a very real classic trilogy feel to it. I'm very excited about it personally. And when do you think we'll see the first Mandalorian footage? Would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks uh, Thanks for the question, Lee. Uh, and first off, that uh, the, the guy they're talking about, the Taikia, I don't even know how to say his name, the director of Thor Ragnarok. I'll just say that. Uh, the director of Thor Ragnarok is doing an episode of The Mandalorian. And he's directed you know, his, his episode so far. And he's come out and said... That this is a very classic feeling Star Wars. This is capturing that feeling of classic Star Wars again. That comment just came out the other day. And when I read it, I about jumped over the moon. I about jumped. I, I, I'm so excited about The Mandalorian now. It's stupid. Believe it or not, out of all this new canon material coming out, 9 is probably my least anticipated piece of canon material. And I'm really looking forward to Episode 9. I'm looking forward, you know, like I said earlier, I'm looking forward to Master and Apprentice, Thrawn, Treason. I'm really looking forward to Clone Wars Season 7, and I'm really looking forward to The Mandalorian. Let's get through those before we start talking about Episode 9. I'm really stupidly excited for The Mandalorian. As far as when we're going to get the first uh, amount of foot, uh, first bit of footage, I'm going to say Celebration. Everybody at Celebration, and in, in certain panels, is going to get to see possibly the full first episode. It's entirely possible. They used to do it with Rebels all the time. And then you'd have to wait for that same episode to air again. Or, I could be wrong, and they could keep the lid on it as, as long as they can. Odds are Celebration we're going to see... We're at least going to get a trailer. We're at least going to see a trailer as Celebration for The Mandalorian. As far as the first episode, there's probably going to be select few people who get to see it at Celebration. But I think this year's Celebration is going to be a huge Celebration. Think Because, like I said earlier, think about everything that they could potentially release. Obviously, a trailer for Episode 9, title potentially. If, if, if they're releasing the trailer, we're getting the title. If they haven't done it already, we're going to get the title for 9. Jedi Fallen Order, The Mandalorian, Clone Wars Season 7, we'll probably get another trailer for that. Oh, there's so much. Novel uh, announcements, comic announcements. It's going to be stupidly insane. Every single day is going to be Christmas during this celebration. Especially after the last celebration they had, where it, it kind of fizzled in out. You know, they, they ended 
the last celebration by bringing out Alden Ehrenreich. There's your new Han Solo. We knew that three months ago. So there was, and everybody thought we were getting that Obi-Wan movie announced. Never happened. Maybe we'll get some information on the next, you know, Ryan Johnson's trilogy or Benioff and Weiss's saga. Maybe we'll get some information on that. Maybe not. Maybe we'll just, uh, eh, odds are we won't, but you know, uh, maybe a little bit of information about what time period they may take place in. I think once we get through episode nine, we'll start talking about that stuff. But I think this celebration is going to be a big one. So uh, it's going to be a big one. And, I, and I'm very, very, very excited for it. But as far as The Mandalorian goes, feeling classic again, that's what Star Wars needed to do from the get-go. I say it all the time. I think I said it last week. And it's the one thing that I keep going back to over and over again. And, and, and I've had people write me and tell me I don't think that would do anything. You would be surprised. Matte paintings. Just go back to matte paintings. I had to explain to my sister-in-law watching uh, Empire Strikes Back, or was it Return of the Jedi? Return of the Jedi for the first time, what a matte painting was. How they didn't always do CG backgrounds. It was a guy painted on a piece of glass, and they left the actual scene blank, and then they were able to lay it over the image. If you look at Return of the Jedi, when you look at these giant over-the-bay shots where all these stormtroopers lined up, if you look really close, you can tell they're painted. There's some in Return of the Jedi you can obviously tell are, are matte paintings. When Han and Lando are talking about the Falcon and, and Han tells Lando to take the Falcon, I want you to take her. Really, she's the fastest ship in the fleet. When, when Lando turns around to walk towards the Falcon, that's a matte painting. You would be surprised how much of a classic feel that alone could give a series or a movie. And, I, and, and if I was ever tasked with doing a Star Wars movie, that would be one of the biggest things that I would focus on. Eh, I would focus on it. It wouldn't be one of the biggest things, but it would be one of the techniques that I would use. So I'm, I'm really excited about The Mandalorian, and I think it needs to feel classic, especially since it's coming off the heels of Return of the Jedi chronologically. It needs to feel classic. It really, really does. So uh, thanks for the question, and, and, and let me know. Are you guys excited for The Mandalorian? I am stupidly excited for The Mandalorian. Let me know. I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, and the last question this week comes from Kent Brock, and Kent says, Hello from Ireland. Love your podcast. I listen to every episode from you on iTunes. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you so much, Kent. It is awesome to have you as a follower. Uh, when are we going to learn how Maz got Luke's lightsaber? I was watching The Force Awakens again the other day, and it dawned on me we don't have anything about it at all. I feel like that question is consuming my soul. When do you think we'll get that story, and how do you think Maz got it? Uh, thanks for the question, Kent. And, and that's something that we haven't had answered yet. We that that's been a mystery for three almost going on four years now, well three years just over three years. How did Maz get Luke's lightsaber? There's been speculation about how Episode Seven was supposed to open, how you saw Luke's hand in the saber floating through space. It started going through the atmosphere. The hand burned away, but that's not canon. Yeah, that was at some point part of the draft, but it was never canon, and. That is a question we have yet to be answered. It'll probably get answered after episode 9. Or maybe we'll actually see how it happened in episode 9. Who knows? At this point, that saber is destroyed. It's, it's pulled in half. It's, it's, it's been destroyed. Maybe Ray goes back to Maz and, you know, and says, how do I fix this? You've had it for so long. I don't know anything about fixing lightsabers. How do you fix this? And maybe while she's fixing it, she tells Ray where it came from, how she got it. Who knows? Because even Han looked at the thing and was like, where did you get that? And she was very vague with the answer. You and I both know this. 
a great question for another time. When is that time going to come? When are we going to get that? Because I, as simple as that is, as simple as as a question as that is, it's a great question. It was just this small little side note, this little side mystery that they decided to drop into seven. But it's like itching in the back of our brains, like like an itch we can't scratch. It's a great question. How did she get it? Personally, you ask about how I think she got it. Personally, I would go with Luke gave it to her. I think at some point, maybe Luke got his hands back on it, or I'm sorry, hand back on it. Or maybe there's a whole story about how she got it. Maybe that's a novel waiting to happen. Think about the EU for a second. What happened with Luke's lightsaber? What happened with Luke's hand? The Imperial Remnant got a hold of it and cloned Luke and made Luke, the evil Luke, with, with his hand. We don't know that that's canon. We don't know that something like that happened in canon. But they, the, the Imperial Remnant got that lightsaber again. That lightsaber came back into the old EU also. Maybe there's a novel getting ready to come out, or not getting ready to, but at some point going to come out about how the Imperial Remnant, or what was left of it, or maybe even the First Order, tried to find Luke Skywalker, couldn't do it, wanted to maybe lure him out with his lightsaber, maybe wanted to get his hand and clone him. We don't know. It could be anything. And maybe somebody got a hold of that saber, and the First Order was trying to track it down so damn hard that they took it to Maz to hide. It's possible. Obviously, it's not a simple answer because she would have just told Han at that point quickly. Blah, 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 blah. That's how I got it. Obviously, there's more to it than that. So there's probably going to be this whole drawn out story about how she got it, what happened with it, how it was found, how it got from the pits of Bespin to Takadana. It's probably going to happen at some point. So odds are after episode nine, once we get through episode nine, I would start keeping an eye out for it. There, as of now, I don't think any novels have really been announced that could touch on something like that. But maybe this journey to whatever the title for episode 9 is going to be will maybe lend some information for it. So I'm really excited for it, uh, and, and, and I hope we get some answers soon. So I, I personally, I can't answer that question, but it is a great question. So well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. As time goes, we'll see how it goes. So uh, thank you for the question, though, Kent. I do appreciate it. So. Uh, let's get into some live viewer questions. I, I know there's a few of you guys watching right now. Let's see uh, what y'all have been talking about over here. Let's see here. Hello there. How is it going, brother? John Tolley says first. Uh, for those of you that don't know, John Tolley is a friend of mine, Mark Tolley, uh, host of uh, War of the Stars, a Star Wars Roundtable podcast. You've got to go check that out. Uh, actually, I was just on his last episode as a guest. We talked about the good stuff in episode two. That was kind of a hard one to talk about, but... Uh, Tim Peterson, hello, sir. How's it going, brother? How are you? Uh, let's see here. And I had trouble pronouncing your YouTube channel name last week, so please forgive me. Uh, AAMJ00. Uh, we should be getting many Star Wars games, not two in six years. Give me racing games, open world RPG shooter. I'm right there with you. And if they, if they were to bring back LucasArts, we would be getting a lot of games like that. You know, we and you're right. We should be getting more than two every in six years. You're completely right. That that uh, mobile game they came out with, Star Wars Uprising, that thing was crap. I, I I maxed out at level 26. I had to. They wanted me to pay to be able to progress more. Nah, I'm done with it. So I I and they ended up taking that game off market. Uh, and technically it, it was supposed to be canon, but it wasn't actually canon. It was just built around canon events. 
but yeah, we, we need we need a variety of Star Wars games. Something That's another medium that we could build on so much. Granted, it takes a lot of time to develop a good Star Wars game. But if you've got four crews working on four games and offset them just enough, boom, 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 game every year. How does Ubisoft put out so many Assassin's Creed games? Granted, some of those slope in quality a little bit, but how do they do it? Ubisoft's another company I'd like to see do a Star Wars game too, by the way. I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan, but yeah, Ubisoft's another good one. Uh, Ethan Dupps is watching. How's it going, brother? How are you? Uh, I am playing the more current Star Wars games, but my dad speaks very highly of LucasArts games, such as the Force Unleashed games. Great games. Great games. Personally, I like the first one better, but both great. Uh, and they made novels for them too. They were EU novels as well. Excellent games, and your dad speaking highly of LucasArts, he needs to. LucasArts was amazing making Star Wars games. I've spent so many countless hours playing Jedi Outcast, playing Knights of the Old Republic. Those are my two biggest ones that I grew up with. Jedi Academy. Those are the, I mean, those were the biggest ones. Even back when I was younger on the original PlayStation, Dark Forces, Dark Forces 2, Jedi Knight. Those were great games. Absolutely great games. They definitely need to go back to that. Uh, Tim Peterson, do you think Ahsoka Tano will live past the sequel trilogy? That's a good question. Uh, let's see. How old was she in Clone Wars? So we're talking 20 years before the classics. It was about when she was introduced. So 20 up to the classic. We get through Rebels. That's like four years. So 24 plus 30. That's another. That's 54 years to get past the sequel trilogy. Not counting whatever time gap there is between 8 and 9. Yeah, she probably could. Because, I mean, how old was she in, in, when she was first introduced in Clone Wars? Uh, maybe 12, 13? You had 34 years to that. Or, I'm sorry, is that right? Is that what I said? 34 years? No, 54 years. I, I meant to say 54 years a while ago. She could be in her 60s. Yeah, she'd probably get past it. Yeah, we don't know what happened. If, if she was alive while Luke was doing his... Uh, Jedi Academy on whatever planet it was on when he started that Academy when Kylo Ren turned bad Ahsoka if she was around and alive or I'm sorry if she was alive and around she would have been a part of that training the next generation of Jedi and go with me for a second what if and eh, now nah, it's never gonna happen never mind I'm not even gonna say it. yeah I'm gonna go and say it. I was gonna say what if we get the Knights of Ren in episode 9 and mass comes off boom Ahsoka that ain't gonna happen but I think I don't think she's even alive during the sequel trilogy to be honest I don't think she made it that far. I mean, I could be wrong, but at this point, we don't have anything that says she was alive past that. Obviously, something was going on dear, you know, right after Return of the Jedi with her and Sabine going to find Ezra. Obviously, there's a whole story there. But what happened with Ezra, right? Then this does pertain to Ahsoka. Go with me on this for a second. Ahsoka went with Sabine to go find Ezra and Thrawn. Personally, I still believe Thrawn had a, everything to do with the rise of the First Order. I, I still believe that. Timothy Zahn is writing Thrawn Treason that comes out this year. He said this time last year he was writing two more Thrawn novels. One of them would be the story of what happened with Thrawn and Ezra. This next one coming out isn't that story, which means the next novel that we're probably going to get next year, this time next year, is going to be the story of what happened with Thrawn and Ezra. And if Ahsoka and Sabine are going to find him, we're going to get an, a Thrawn novel with Ahsoka in it. We're going to we're, we're going to see that, and and maybe Ahsoka doesn't make it out of that novel alive, you know. And and it's possibility, and and I'd, I'd hate to say that. It hurts my it hurts my soul to say that, but 
it's it's a very real possibility that that could happen. So, uh, I don't think she's alive during the sequel trilogy. Uh, AAMJ00, for me, it would be so interesting if they give the license to Bethesda. It could be interesting. It might actually get me involved in some of their other games that they've developed. Because like I said, I've never been a big Fallout fan. And really, for me, that's the only series that I really know of Bethesda really working on. Um, I don't really focus on developers' games. I'm not loyal to any one developer. Usually if a game comes out and I'm interested, I'll play it. Uh, if it wasn't for Last of Us, I would have never known about Naughty Dog. Stuff like that. You know, If it wasn't for Assassin's Creed, I wouldn't even know about Ubisoft, really. Well, maybe. I like Watch Dogs, too, pretty much. But uh, it, it, I would I would play a Bethesda game. I would give it a shot. Uh, Rob Burns, how's it going, brother? Thank you for tuning in, buddy in Ohio. Uh, what's up, Jar Jar fans? Oh, man, you're going to get me in trouble making me say that in this house. You know, and, and actually, I was talking about Jar Jar to my buddy Kyle today. Uh, I went and picked up my pull file. And he went with me, Prairie Dog Comics in Wichita. Great comic store. If you're in the Wichita area, definitely go check him out. Uh, picked up my pull file, and one of the comics has got Jar Jar wielding a lightsaber in it. I know. I know. My soul's burning just thinking about it. You got to go check it out, man. Uh, let's see here. Pariah, I think is how you say your name. Haven. Uh, how do you feel about Raylo? Oh, man. Raylo. That is a word. Look, there's a difference between how I feel about them getting together, whether I think they're going to get together, and just the word Raylo. The word Raylo needs to be erased from all human speech. This thing where we add two names together to make one just needs to stop. Stop. and Keep, keep it going, just keep it out of my Star Wars. Um, at this point, no, they're, they're not going to get together. Uh, you know, Kylo has had two come-to-Jesus moments. Uh, he, he's, he's had two moments so far, where, and I said this last week, uh, he's, he's had two times where he could have turned back to the light, and he didn't. And it was when he killed Han Solo and when Rey had, you know, given him the chance, calling him Ben, right after they killed the Praetorian Guards. That was that was Ben's second chance. Nobody deserves a second chance, but he got a second chance, and he still threw it away. So, I don't see this Raylo thing happening, unless Rey turns to the dark side, which I don't see happening. They're each other's opposite in the Force, so one has to be dark, one has to be light. The more powerful one gets, the more powerful the other gets. They balance each other out. I don't see them getting together. Honestly, honestly, I see both of them dying at the end of this movie. I see both of them going out at the end of episode 9. Doing this like mass sacrifice for the greater good thing. I see both of them going out in flames. Kind of the way Jen and Cassian did in Rogue One. Along those lines, I see something kind of like that happening. So, uh... Tim Peterson, who's your favorite female character in canon? Uh, my buddy Rob says Ayla Secura. Excellent choice. Uh, my favorite female character in canon. Well, every fiber of me wants to say Princess Leia because she's the one I grew up with, right? I want to say Princess Leia, but I can't because I have animals with Star Wars female names that neither of them are Leia. I've got a dog named Hera Syndulla Miller. Believe it or not, that's what her name tag actually says is Hera Syndulla Miller. And I've got a cat named Ahsoka. So if that gives you any idea who my favorite character could be, I'm going to end up going with Ahsoka. And, and it's ironic, too, because I hated Ahsoka's guts in the Clone Wars film when it first came out. I That was the first Star Wars movie I ever sat down in the theater to watch and looked at my watch over and over again. When the hell is this going to be over? I've got better things to do. It's the first time it ever happened. And honestly, that kind of put me off on the Clone Wars series for a while. 
I didn't start watching it until I got Netflix and I was like, well, crap, let's just try it. But I, I grew to like Ahsoka. When she popped up in Rebels as Fulcrum, I about lost my freaking mind. Me and Kirsty sat down that night to watch Rebels. And she popped up as Fulcrum. And both of us were just, oh my god, she's back. And there's a lot you can do with Ahsoka. There's a lot you can do with her. Absolutely love her. Uh, I really did like her novel also. The Ahsoka novel that E.K. Johnston wrote. I was a big, big fan of that one. Uh, let's see here. Rob Burns. I think an all-female cast would be considered a PC-motivated fail among diehard fans. I agree with you. I, I, I don't... Well, okay. I don't disagree with you. I don't see it doing well. I mean, because look, look at some of these other franchises that have tried it. Uh, you know, Ghostbusters 2016. They did an all-female cast. It bombed. And it wasn't because it was all females. It was just... It was a, it was a shitty movie. All the ghosts looked like Scooby-Doo villains. They didn't look like they were supposed to in the old Ghostbusters. You killed Bill Murray. Zombieland killed Bill Murray better than Ghostbusters did. Uh, Fast and Furious. They tried to do an all-female. They, they were talking about doing it. I think they actually still are talking about doing an all-female-led movie. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Oceans. What was Oceans 8? They did an all-female version. I haven't even seen it. I don't even know what the box office looked like for Oceans 8. But they did an all-female version. I don't even know if it's even out yet, is it? That that should show you. I'm like, I don't have any interest in it. It's just, and it's not because it's females. It's just the trailers have not done it for me. Um, here here's a great example. A, a, a more recent one that's coming up. And, and maybe you'll disagree with me, guys. Let me know if you disagree with me or if you do agree with me. Either way, don't lynch me though. Captain Marvel. I you know I've I've been really really excited for Captain Marvel and the idea of having a Captain Marvel. You know, and especially with it being Carol Danvers. And up until the first trailer, I was really excited for Captain Marvel. Don't get me wrong. It, I, I, I like the character Captain Marvel. And I agree that if they're doing one, it needs to be Carol Danvers. But I'm just not... I, I, like, I'm still going to go see Captain Marvel opening weekend. I'm still going to go see it. But I'm just not as excited for it. And it's, it has nothing to do with it being a female. It just seems to be that's the trend that these female-led films, there's just not a whole lot of excitement for it. Maybe I'm just speaking from my personal experience, but... I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's, I get it that it needs to be a female-led movie. And like I said earlier, female-led movies work. They work. It's just you've got to do it the right way. You know, we've got a female version of uh, What Women Want. You remember the old Mel Gibson movie with Helen Hunt, What Women Want? Great comedy. Great movie. Could be considered a chick flick. Great movie. Now they're doing a female version, I guess you could say, with the, with the main characters, What Men Want. That one nowadays seems more like an activist push. But, you know, I brought up Captain Marvel, though, because of some of Brie Larson's comments lately about how her doing this movie is her version of activism. How she is kind of pushing out her political beliefs by doing this movie. And I don't want politics mixed up in my movies. I don't want it. I don't, I don't want movies made just to push an agenda. Which is what Ghostbusters 2016 was, which is what a, a full female-led Star Wars movie could be. No, don't get me wrong. If they make one, I'm going to go see it. But I, I don't see it doing well. I do agree with you on that, Rob. Uh, Ethan says, I think it would be received differently depending on the era. That's true, too. If you did an, like an Old Republic all-female-led movie, I think that would be a little bit more forgiven there. You might be right on that. Uh, Larone is watching. How's it going? Man, I haven't seen you on here in a while. Uh, let's see here. i got to figure out where I was. I think it just jumped down on me. Here we go. Uh, Larone, oofed. In episode two, I liked Anakin versus Tusken Raiders. Great scene. 
where was I? Everything involving Obi-Wan, the mystery espionage and assassinations plot, Kamino and everything involving the clones. So that's around half the movie. That's true. Attack of the Clones, you know, when me and Mark were talking about Attack of the Clones during War of the Stars, we, you know, he told me, hey, he was like, hey, would you like to be on the show? And I'm like, yeah, cool. What do we talk about? And he goes, what we like about episode two? And I go, oh, okay. Yeah, we can do this. I Let's, let's do this. There's got to be something. And to be honest, before we sat down to do that episode, I didn't write anything down. I didn't make any show notes about things. I just kind of did it by the seat of my pants. And the more I talked about it, the more that there's a pre there's stuff you can appreciate in episode two. You know, and I don't hate episode, episode two is still my least favorite Star Wars movie, but there is stuff in there you can appreciate. It's still part of the lore. It's still, you know, it still gave us the beginning of the Clone Wars. There, episode two, like we talked about in War of the Stars, episode two had to happen to get to episode three. The love story had to happen to make Anakin and Padme get together and make Luke and Leia. It had to get to that. It, we had to get through that. I don't think it needed to be all shoved into one movie. I think it could have been spaced out a little bit better, but... You're right, there is good stuff. The assassination plot against Padme makes complete sense. You know, that part of the movie was political thriller. Absolutely awesome. So there's a lot, and, and like you brought up, Anakin versus, versus the Tusken Raiders. That, see, as much crap as Hayden Christensen gets for his portrayal of Anakin, which I don't blame him. I, you're probably going to lynch me. I blame George Lucas for that. It was, it was all directing and dialogue. I don't blame Hayden Christensen for that. But... The emotion, I mean, and Mark and I talked about this. This is a point Mark brought up during the podcast. The emotion that he portrayed in that scene, how he went, how he had his mother in his arms and she dies in his arms. And he goes from, you know, just shock to acceptance, to anger, to rage, you know, all in just a flash. And you can see all of it in his eyes. You can, his eyes, he didn't say a word and you could see every emotion he was feeling. That was a great scene. That was that was an absolutely great scene. So there is stuff in episode two to to appreciate. You just you may have to dig for it, and not necessarily dig for all of it, but for some of it, you really have to dig for. It, but it's there. Uh, Ethan Dubs, Lucasfilm may have or may want to have the story of Luke's hand and lightsaber being tied together by saying Snoke is a clone from Luke's hand. Wouldn't put it past Lucasfilm. You're not wrong about that. We don't have anything. Jesus, you know, I never even thought about that. I don't know how I feel about your comment. Like, no, you're a great comment, but I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. If they were to come out and say Snoke, oh, Jesus, no, 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 no. If Lucasfilm does something like that, you're going to hear me bitching about it. People saying I'm pro Disney are really going to get an earful. They're, they're going to have their eyes open. If they end up making Snoke some weird deteriorating clone of Luke, I'm, I'm out. I'm, 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 I'm done. Uh, AAMJ, uh, you're pronouncing it right. It's an abbreviation. Oh, okay. AAMJ00. Cool. I just want to make sure I was doing it right. Uh, Price says, do you think any of the characters from Lost Stars can make an appearance in episode nine? I'd like that. I really would like that. The, the two main characters in that novel, uh, Thane and Sienna, I believe were the names. I know it was Sienna Ray, uh, Ree. Sienna Ree and Thane, and I can't remember his last name. That was a great novel, and, and we really never got that story finished. It, it kind of left off at the end of the Battle of Jakku. We saw where both characters ended up, and it that was it. We've never seen those characters again since. Does that mean we're going to get a Lost Stars novel down the uh, like two? Don't know. Are, are they going to pop up in nine? I think it'd be cool to see Thane pop up in nine as an older man. I think it'd be kind of cool. And, and it would be one of those things where like hardcore fans would get it, but everybody else in the theater would just be like, why is everybody... Losing their minds over that. Kind of like in Rogue One when we saw the ghost and we saw Chopper. 
people were like, you could tell in the movie theater who watched Rebels and who didn't because there were people going, oh, Chopper, oh my God, the ghost. And when you hear General Sandula over the headset, people were like, who the hell is General Sandula? You, you, can, you can tell. So it'd be one of those nice Easter egg things, kind of like, and this may be a little spoilery. If you guys don't want to hear this, plug your ears for about 10 seconds. There's rumors going around that Rey may take parts from a certain familiar lightsaber that we know to fix hers and it be Ezra's lightsaber. There's there's this rumor going around. It might be a Mike Zero thing. I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know. But uh, that would be one of those things where people went, oh, are you serious? That was That's really the lightsaber she had? But it would just be like a throwaway thing for everybody else, right? So I, I think it'd be cool if they popped up in episode nine. And at least one of them. I think one of them needs to be there. Especially considering Thane was there. I mean, both of them were there for these huge events happening in the Star Wars trilogy, the classic Star Wars trilogy, and you never saw him. Thane, we, technically we have seen Thane. He was there in that group of rebels that Leia was talking to on Hoth, talking about the evacuation of, of Echo Base. Technically, he was one of them, but we just don't know which one. We didn't necessarily see his face. So, it would be nice to actually see him have gone on and joined the Resistance as an older man, and maybe even mention something. I don't know, it'd be, it'd be a nice little tie-in. Uh, AAMJ00 says, most overrated Star Wars character, mine would be Boba or Yoda. Oh, Boba. Boba's definitely the most overrated character. And, and, you know, I used to really like Boba Fett. And then as I got older, I'm just like, no, no. You know, and they tried making him badass in the comics, right? In, the, in this new canon. And in the Star Wars comic, there was a scene. He's the bounty hunter that Darth Vader hired to hunt down the pilot who blew up the Death Star because he didn't know his name yet. And Boba's the one that tells Skywalker, or tells Vader that Skywalker was his name. Boba, up to that point, was kind of badass to me. And then he got, you know, he fights Luke. And for those of you that haven't read the comic, you're probably not going to read it. If, if you were, if you haven't read it by now, you're not going to. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what, what what happened here. Luke goes back to Tatooine to find this journal that Obi Wan left. And while he's in there, Boba is hunting down Luke at the same time, and just happens to be on Tatooine hunting him down, and goes to the same place at the same time, throws in a flashbang, boom, starts fighting Luke. And Luke's blind daring it. He thinks it's a stormtrooper that he's fighting. He tries punching. Luke takes down Boba Fett, blind, with a lightsaber. So, by the time Return of the Jedi rolls around and Boba goes into the Sarlacc pit, Han took him down, blind with a stick, and so did Luke. Boba got taken down twice by blind guy. Twice. Within just a couple years. So, and he screamed like a bitch going down the Sarlacc pit. I don't care if you like Boba or not, he screamed like a bitch. And I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Boba's very, very overrated. And, and But I still want to know whether he, whether he made it out of the pit or not. I want it confirmed. That's one of those kind of mysteries that's in the air. It's kind of like, from a certain point of view, you, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's one of those things. I'd rather have him pop up somewhere and just surprise everybody. And be like, oh, crap. You, you know what I mean? So, uh, no, most overrated character, definitely Boba Fett. Uh, Larone says, I would have preferred it if Ahsoka was killed by Vader, but her helping Luke out with more Jedi is very intriguing to me. It is, isn't it? Uh, and, and we all thought that Ahsoka did go out at Vader's hand at the end of season two of Rebels, and then later on we found out she didn't. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it, it. I feel like that could have been a very... You know, we, when we talk about Darth Vader, when people say they want a Vader film, right? They say, well, we want to see his torment. We want to see him still, you know, wrestling with who Anakin is. And we want to see that fight. We want to see more character development of Vader. Killing Ahsoka, that's character development. Whether you want to see Ahsoka go down or not, that would have been character development. And maybe, you know, and it's, 
I, I, I don't know. It, it, I'm, I'm with you on that. But I, I want to see her there with Luke. When Rebels ended, and Sabine turns around and Ahsoka's standing there, I still believe Luke should have been right there with her. Had Luke walked up in his black outfit with a lightsaber hanging on his belt, had he walked up and put his hand on Ahsoka's shoulder and they looked at each other and looked look back at Sabine and said, we're going to go find Ezra. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. I'm going to say it. Oh my God. I would have lost my fucking mind. I just, yeah, I want to see Ahsoka helping Luke because who else was there to train Luke? Or to teach him stuff that maybe Ahsoka knew. I don't know. Maybe we'll see her pop up somewhere else. Uh, Rob uh, Burns, Roger, Roger. Uh, Larone says both of them dying would be great. Oh, talking about Ray and Kylo. I think that's. I think that's the way it needs to go. I think it needs to be. Uh, I think it needs to be ended that way. Uh, you go on to say all on board with that. Just Kylo dying would be predictable, and both of them living would be a bit lame unless executed perfectly. So I'm on board for both of them to die. And Daisy said she cried. You're right. Daisy Ridley did say she cried. And, and it's... If this is the end of the Skywalker saga, if this is it, no Skywalkers after this. And we know Kylo is a Skywalker. He's of the Skywalker bloodline. He's not, he doesn't have the last name Skywalker, but he's of the Skywalker bloodline. At this point, they're probably going to make Rey his cousin. At this point. Do I want that to happen? No. But at this point, she's probably going to end up being a Skywalker directly. Uh... And I, and I feel like both of them should go out. Because like I said, one can't exist without the other. Or maybe if one dies, the other loses all of their power. I don't know. Maybe they get cut off from the force. That would be something too. Uh, Lerone says, when reading uh, Trevorrow's script... Yeah, no, no, she did. She did cry uh, during that. So, uh, But they did do almost a page one re re rewrite. They Not necessarily all of it, but they almost did a page one rewrite. So... I'm anxious to see what JJ can do with it. AAMJ00, I've been hearing about Ray dying and Ben taking the spot of The Last Jedi alive. If it's done right, I'm with it. I'm still against Kylo getting another a chance at redemption. I'm still against it. You know, I, I uh, like I said last week, he's had two of his, he's had two chances. And he killed Han Solo. Granted, he didn't kill Leia. Technically, nobody has killed Leia yet. But when he had the chance, he didn't do it. I feel like after he killed Han, there may have still been a chance for him. And him not killing Leia at that point led towards that. But it all funneled down to that moment when he killed Snoke. And he had that chance. After they killed the Praetorian Guards, he had that chance. And he, and he blew it. And, and after the way he acted with Luke and he was willing to strike down Luke, the last Jedi, how angry he was that he had, he had one pulled over on him by Luke and, and all that anger at the end of episode eight, how he's like, I'll kill her. I'll kill you. I'll kill all of them. This is the end of it. I don't see, I don't see Kylo coming back from that. And I could be wrong. I could, they might do a redemption arc for him. And I just, I hope not. I hope not. If he's going to die, I hope she dies light and I hope he dies dark. And I hope that's the end of it. So, uh, let's see here. Larone, I think Hayden is a good actor, uh, as seen in some parts of Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and he was great in 2003, Shattered Glass. So I do put the cringy stuff totally on George, but elements like that have been seen. You're right, he, you know, and, and Anakin really did come off rapey. I don't like using the word rape, but he did come off really rapey in episode two. Not so much in episode three. By the time episode three rolled around, he pretty much had everything he wanted. He was happy. Anakin was happy in episode three. He was a knight, you know, and, and I think Ahsoka had a lot to do with that too between the Clone Wars, during the Clone Wars. It taught him a lot. He grew up a lot with Ahsoka. 
having Ahsoka forced him to grow up a lot. And, you know, he had Padme. He found out he was going to be a father. He was living the dream. When he's standing on that balcony with Padme and he's just looking at her, he's so in love. Anakin was happy up until that night when he had the nightmare. And, you know, leading up to that, in episode two, he did come off really, really like, uh, I need an adult, kind of. Almost like, "Ah, somebody come get me. I need out of here. I'm surprised Padme didn't just haul off and slap him. And and there was, there, I don't know, episode two, the whole love story thing could have been done better. I think that was one of the weak points in episode two. But like I said, it had to be there. We had to have that to get to episode three. So maybe it was just one of those things I wasn't into. But no, you're right. Hayden's a great actor. Uh, but, uh, but you went on to say, uh, but elements like that have been seen in every Star Wars movie. Uh, without fail, and I think that maybe that cheesy, cringy stuff gives Star Wars some of the timelessness and charm. It's possible. Uh, I don't know if I would say that's what gives it timelessness, but it, it probably it does contribute. I mean, what was the other love story that we had in Star Wars? Han and Leia. We're not going to talk about the the Luke and Leia thing. That's we're just going to take that and put it in this box and just hide it under the mattress. It, it was it, well, that sounded bad too. I didn't mean for it to sound like that, but. Uh, that's one of those things we just don't talk about. We just don't acknowledge anymore. But the only love story in the classic trilogy was Han and Leia. And it, I feel like it was done, it was spread out over, you know, I don't want to say three films, but at least two. Maybe that's what they should have done with Anakin and, and, and Padme. So uh, I wonder sometimes, though, what it would have, uh, what, what it would be like watching some Star Wars movies in a different language. And if some of the bad script sounds brilliant in another language. That's an interesting concept. That's something I've never done before. But I have heard that the dubbing is way different. Might have to give that a shot at some point. Uh, AAMJ00 uh, says, LOL, maybe Luke was hanging in Ahsoka's ship playing chess. But honestly, she might have met Luke before the end of Rebels. It's before the end of Rebels? That's uh, possible. It's very possible. Because what do we know about Luke so far at the end of Return of the Jedi? We know that... He took Vader's body, burned it. We know that the Rebels were still in Endor for a couple more days. And we know that Luke went on this mission to find these Force-sensitive trees that were from the Jedi Temple, that, that were in Imperial possession. And he gave one to uh, Poe Dameron's parents, and he took the other one. Now, we know that that tree on the island on Ock 2 was not that tree because he says that temple had been built a thousand generations ago. Or a thousand years ago, whatever. So that's not the same tree. So what happened to that tree? Uh, and we know that Luke was looking for these Jedi artifacts. We know he went for that compass in Battlefront 2. We know some of the stuff in Legends of Luke Skywalker. We know he went around to all these different cultures trying to learn different aspects of the Force. These different cultures that called the Force different things. Uh, and he learned a lot too. You know, And then somebody even told one of them even told him, if you're using the Force, you're not doing it right. The force isn't meant to be used. So that that kind of contributed a little bit to him maybe feeling jaded later on and some of the stuff that he told Ray to think that without the dark or without the light the dark dies, that's vanity. Or without the Jedi the light dies, that's vanity. That's that's actually a very wise thing to say. He's not wrong, but that's some of the stuff that he was up to that we know of that he was up to right at, right there. And and even in, uh, oh, what, what novel was it? One of the Aftermath novels. I think it was Empire's End. We know that Luke was running around. He stopped in just long enough for Ben's birth and then took off again. Luke has been scarce in that time after Return of the Jedi. So I wouldn't mind 
seeing him with Ahsoka before the end of Rebels, after Return of the Jedi, in between all this stuff. He was a busy man. As the last Jedi, he had a lot to do. He had to, he had to you know, track down these Force-sensitive objects. He had to learn from all these other uh, cultures. He started his own uh, academy. And he didn't actually use the word academy. He started a, a school for Jedi, another generation of Jedi. Just to have it all ripped away from him. Then he went into hiding. So I and and I would love to see Ahsoka go plead for him to come back too and not do it. So I don't know. It, it was it's I think it'd be cool to to see Ahsoka and Luke together. And at some point they had to have come face to face. If they're they're both alive at the same time, why wouldn't they come face to face? Why hasn't she popped up at all during the Star Wars comic where Luke is trying to find somebody to train him? Why didn't she pop up in Air to the Jedi when he's trying to find somebody to train him? She would have been perfect. Ahsoka would have been great. She would have been great. So, uh, Pariah says, uh, do you think there could be another Force child that could replace both of them? Uh, I think you're talking about Rey and Kylo. Uh, look, the, the whole idea of there being a lost Skywalker or, or something along those lines, or maybe they have, you know, if they are related and they both die and there's another Skywalker... The whole thought of that, to me, just, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. It wouldn't make sense to me personally right now. Maybe I'm missing something. Let me know if I'm missing something. But I don't, look, at this point, this is, this kind of goes back. This is why I don't want Rey to be a Skywalker. I, I don't want it. If, if she was left on Jakku, so somebody knew about her. Somebody knew her. If she's Han's daughter, he knew about her. Because as soon as she says, you know, because you look at Force Awakens, when you when you go back to uh, when they're coming on to Takodana for the first time, and she says, I've never seen this much green in the whole galaxy. I didn't know there was this much green in the whole galaxy. That look Han gives her is just pure guilt. I don't know if it's sympathy or guilt. It looks like guilt to me. But wouldn't Leia have said something? As soon as Ray told Leia, I'm from Jakku, my name is Ray. I was left there. I don't know who my parents are. Wouldn't Leia have told her at that point? If she's Luke's daughter, unless Luke didn't know about her, Luke's a deadbeat dad. And I don't want my classic star... You guys already don't like what Lucas. I don't want to say you guys. A lot of people already don't like what they've done to Luke in the, in the new Disney era stuff. You're going to make him a deadbeat dad on top of it too? I just... I, I, I don't... I don't see her being a sky or a Skywalker doll. And that goes back to another child too. If she was a Skywalker and there's some lost child that turned out to be a Skywalker, somebody's a deadbeat dad. Somebody's running around getting laid a lot, making kids that they don't know about, and they're not paying their child support payments. They're hiding on islands. You know, they're jumping down bottomless pits. I, I don't know. It's just I don't think she's gonna be a Skywalker or 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 maybe even force sensitive. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's other force sensitive. We know there's other force sensitive children in the galaxy. You know, we saw uh, what people are calling Broom Kid at the end of Last Jedi. We know there's kids out there that know how to use the force. So I, I, I don't. They could replace both of them. That's kind of a tall order. I'm just I'm worried that if they both die and then they say, oh, hey, we've got this other kid that's a force sensitive. I'm afraid we're going to have the Mary Sue conversation again. And I don't want to have the Mary Sue conversation again. That conversation has pretty much died down. It hasn't died off, but it's died down enough where it's tolerable. I don't want to, I don't want to flare him back up. Uh, Tim Peterson says, do you think Luke will be in the show Resistance? Uh, no. 
No, I don't think he's going to be. Uh, if he was going to be, he would have done it by now. When they first told us about Resistance, they said it was going to pick up six months before uh, Force Awakens. And my first thought was, how long can this show possibly go if it's only six months before? I didn't know that halfway through the first season, they're going to start crossing it into Force Awakens. Because at this point, we're, we're getting into Force Awakens territory. We saw the trailer, the mid-season trailer, where we saw General Hux's uh, speech, his whole, like, Hail Hitler speech. We saw that. We saw... Uh, it's, it's, it's crossing over with the sequel trilogy now. And at this point, Luke has been on the island for, like, six years. So I don't see Luke pop, popping up in Resistance. Unless we get to a point where we're seeing the events of the films, and that's what we're doing with, with, with Resistance, now with Force Awakens, where we're seeing the events of the films from the ground troops' point of view. Maybe one of those troops was on crate when Luke's uh, Force hologram, his Force essence showed up. Maybe that's how we'll get Luke. I don't know. I just I don't see uh, Luke popping up in Resistance at all. Um, I could be wrong. Next episode could come out, Luke in it. Make me a liar. Uh, let's see here. Lorenz says, do you watch Rule of Two by any chance? There was one episode where they talked about Lucas's sequel script uh, and started playing around with ideas about midichlorians and maybe Kylo finishing what uh, Vader started was actually bringing someone back to life through manipulation of the midichlorians. And then at the end of nine, Ray dies, but Kylo brings her back to life. Uh... And then he says, Pry, you broke up a massive sentence. You did. I'll come back to your comment here in a second, Pry. Um, no, I, I don't. I used to watch uh, Collider Jedi Council religiously. Uh, I used to. Uh, and, and even when I first started the canon uh, library, I was I was watching Jedi Outcast. Or not Jedi Outcast. Uh, Jedi Council a lot. But to be honest, I haven't watched an episode of Jedi Council in maybe a year and a half. I, I just I, I I just wasn't as interested in it anymore after certain people left and and they kind of changed the format of it a little bit, um, but I try not to watch and don't get me wrong I support other podcasts completely it's not a competition obviously I'm not competing with anybody but uh, I I I I just try to usually stay away from other people's podcasts and it's not because I don't want to listen to them it's not because I think I have the superior podcast believe me I don't. Once in a while, I'll listen to an episode on my Spotify that I that I like or whatnot, but I haven't watched Rule of Two, or I've never listened to Rule of Two. The reason I try to stay away from it is mainly because I, I don't want to be accused of copying other people's content or copying what other people say or, or, or letting other people's opinions. Um, I don't I don't want to be a parrot. You know what I mean? I don't want people accusing me of just saying, "Oh, well, you're just saying that because such and so and so said that." No, I, I don't I don't want to be that way. I want my I want I want the Canon podcast to be its own thing. So it's 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 not that I like I said I don't like other podcasts. It's just, but no, I don't listen to Rule of Two. Um but this whole idea that they were that you said they were talking about how uh they were talking about Metachlorians. We haven't heard the word Metachlorians mentioned one time since Disney took over. We haven't we haven't heard it mentioned once. Not once. Uh could that have been what Kylo was talking about? It's a possibility. Uh, but I, at this point, and, and I hate the word headcanon, but at this point, my headcanon is that midichlorians were one of these things where, you know, in the real world, how we have 
back when we thought the universe or the, the earth was center of the universe. Now we know that that's not true. We've had all these technological advances where we know certain things now that we didn't know back in the day. And I feel like midichlorians is one of those things that they didn't know back in the day. And that's what they thought it was. And then they had some medical breakthrough or some scientific breakthrough and they go, oh, that had nothing to do with it. That's not what it is. That They don't have anything to do with the force. I kind of hope that's what they go with. But Vader damn near did what he was trying, what he set out to do. He damn near did it. And he did it in a very awesome way. And But he, he really backed away from that and kind of that was the end of that. The, no more of that done, tampering with that, done. So it's a possibility Kylo could have been trying to to do that, but we still don't know exactly what uh, Kylo was talking about when he said that, I'm going to finish what you started. We still don't know exactly what he was talking about. We don't know if that was the eradication of the Jedi, which most likely that's what it was, but we don't know well, We don't know for sure. We don't know if it was the eradication of the Jedi or the, eradica or the eradication... Am I saying that right? I, anyway, I'm, I'm getting tired. I'm getting tongue-tied. But the, the destruction of the New Republic with this new fangled, this new generation version of the Empire, the First Order, which was just, it was more of a McDonald's toy compared to an actual Star Wars toy. You could, that, that's the best way to describe it. The First Order to the Empire is a McDonald's toy compared to something you could actually get, like an actual Lucasfilm licensed toy. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. I just don't. I don't know what he was talking about. And, and with this, maybe Ray does die and he brings her back. But I hope that's not, I hope that's not a redemption arc. I hope he doesn't kill her and then go, oh, I feel bad about this. Hi, Ray. Love me. I hope that's not what they do. And it's just, I, I don't know. And it, it could happen. We, we haven't really seen a whole lot of the manipulation of the midichlorians at all in movies. At all. I mean, obviously that's how Anakin was created, but we haven't actually seen it directly referenced in the film uh pariah says i'm not saying like another skywalker i'm just meaning a whole new force child like the circle of life starting all over no okay I, I see what you're saying no it's possible like i said we already knew there were other force children out there broom kid at the end of uh last jedi so there are other force sensitives out there that just got missed that nobody really was like hey we got a kid let's take him to the jedi temple it's that that, that doesn't happen anymore so, and, and by the time we get to episode nine, we know we're getting a, a bit of a time jump between eight and nine. So maybe at this point, Ray has got some people that she's, uh, training. Uh, look, I, by the time Ray starts a Jedi order, this is going to be the third Jedi order that we know of in Canon. We had the old Republic Jedi. We had Luke's, uh, failed attempt. And then we have Ray's attempt, depending on how that goes. We don't know how it's going to go, but I really want to know how Luke's order was different from the old Republic order. And how Ray's order would be different from Luke's order and, and different from the Old Republic order. I want to see the, the differences in it and, and whatnot. So, um, but I just, I don't see Kylo bringing her back to life. I, I don't know. I really, part of me really hopes that episode nine is this just dark, dark ending. If you, if you know what I mean. Because I don't believe we're getting 10, 11, and 12. But if we are going to get 10, 11, and 12, and this isn't really the end of the Skywalker saga... If this, if if they come out tomorrow and say we're getting episode ten, and it's a continuation of the Skywalker saga, uh, uh, psych, we're not nine's not the end of the Skywalkers. If they come out tomorrow and say that, the nine I really want to end on a really dark note with Kylo still being a badass, still being evil, but with Ray dead, 
I want to see I want to see the the galaxy in the state of despair again. Because if you look at all three trilogies, you had the, the original. Oh, I'm sorry, the the prequel trilogy ended on a dark note with the Death Star being built and the Emperor being in control of the Empire and Vader being Vader now. And, you know, then you got the classic trilogy ends on a seriously high note with Yub Nub. I don't care what you say, Yub Nub is still canon to me. And then you've got the sequel trilogy, which I think needs to end on another dark note. I could be wrong. It's probably going to be all happy-go-lucky at the end of it. Everybody's dancing and celebrating. So, uh, but yeah, and I, I, I see Ray and, and Kylo both going out. But I will say this. No, I'll save that for another video. I'll save it for another video. So, uh, but anyway, guys, we've been going for about an hour and twenty minutes. I think I'm going to call it a night. Uh, it's almost 10 o'clock here. I think I'm going to hop on and maybe do some Battlefront, something along those lines. So uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. It's been a blast sitting here talking Star Wars with you guys. What better way to spend a Saturday night, right? So guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I do appreciate it. Make sure to check out the Facebook page. It is facebook.com slash Star Wars Canon Podcast. Uh, I'll be putting out statuses as well as this episode. Uh, I'll be putting out statuses about next week's episode. I'm going to try something new next week. We're going to see how it goes. I think throughout this next week, I'm going to do some tests with some people and, and see how something's going to go. So uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And uh, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Thank you guys so much. And, uh, you know, without you guys, this podcast wouldn't be anything. So uh, this is for you guys. Thank you guys very much. Have a good night, everybody. May the force be with you.